millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Feeling safe and like we belong. These are fundamental needs for us humans. In our social circles, at work, in our families... And when we're getting down to whatever form of fitness helps us feel and function at our best. So what can you do to help everyone, especially people who might be new to your favourite type of training, feel welcome and included? Give that a ponder, please, as you listen to today's episode. Hello, my name is Roisin Dervishokane and you are listening to Going For Goal, the women's health podcast. I am so chuffed that we are back for a new series powered by Nike, that homes in on running. You can expect plenty of expert advice on improving your own running practice, whatever your level. That's alongside real stories from extraordinary women, some familiar, some not so, as they open up about the pivotal role that running plays in their lives. Because, as you'll discover, if you haven't already, there is so much more to running than just putting one foot in front of the other. Today's guest is Intasar Abdul Qadir, an NHS mental health services worker, world majors marathon runner, and proud member of London based running crew London Select. Their tagline is cultural expression through a physical narrative. How good is that? She does all this while living with multiple sclerosis, or MS, a lifelong chronic condition that affects the brain and nerves. I first connected with Intasar after she shared her frankly galling experience of harassment while out running. This was part of our campaign to raise awareness of the issue, Reclaim Your Run. 25% of women, we found, are routinely harassed while out running, and rates increase for those from non-white ethnic backgrounds. Just a warning that Intasar's story contains description of racist and Islamophobic abuse. It goes without saying that it's not nice to listen to, but Intasar's response to what happened and how it's made her think about how she shows up as a runner on the street or on starting lines at races is so powerful. This is a woman whose love of running and passion for helping everyone access its many benefits is infectious. Let's meet her. Intasar Abdul Qadir, hello and welcome to the Women's Health Podcast Going for Goal. Hello and thank you for having me. Oh, it's such a privilege to have you on. Thank you, glad um, to be here. As you'll know, so for this series of, of the podcast, we are really homing in on running and its power and all the amazing things that it that it does for people. Now, Intasar, I know that running plays a really important role for you in your life, and we're going to get into that. Um, but first, can you tell me a bit about the last run you did? 
Yes, the last run. Last run or last favourite run? Ooh, last favourite run. Let's okay. go to the ones with the good details. Okay, I really, really enjoy long runs. Like, Sunday long run is where I find my peace, where um, I digest the life week that I've had working in the NHS is busy, um, training for a marathon is busy, social life is busy, but my long run is the time where I'm like, oh, finally me time. And I've started to run without music now, so I'm really enjoying just listening to my breathing. And I've taken advice from a very good friend to just put the music to a side and just listen to your breathing when you're out running. And wow, game changer. That's fascinating. Yeah. So is it almost like a bit of a meditation for you now? It is, because it's like I'm out there and it's just me and my thoughts. And sometimes I'm not thinking about anything. Sometimes I'm thinking about what am I going to do for work on Monday? What are the plans? Um, what am I going to do in the weekend? And other times I'm like just out there enjoying the run. So let's get a little bit of a sense of your running history and okay. where you are at now. Okay. So... You ran track at school, is that correct? I ran track at school. So um, my dad signed me up to the school track team. Um, that was the best decision, best thing he ever did in my life because I fell in love with running. I was part of the mixed relay 400 meter team. And then and then I uh, learned about cross country when I moved to the UK because mm. I, used to, I used to live abroad. So cross country was a whole different ball game. I was like, what? is this type of running it seemed wild but it was so beautiful as well um i enjoyed it and then kind of like went into road running from there signed up to a couple of park runs here and there and then i thought i want to do something longer i want to do something long and i want to earn a medal for it so i signed up for 2016 london um i won a ballot place i thought wow this never happens for a first time but it happened for me and um I crossed the finish line of London and I was like, okay, when is the next one? And then that kind of like opened floodgates of me signing up to races and wanting to run marathons and um, aiming to finish all the six world majors and getting that nice big medal with the stars. But it's more than the medal and the journey. It's the fact that I did it. That is so impressive, especially when we consider that you... You work in the in public health in yes, the NHS, yes, right? Yes, yes, yeah. So tell me about what your days are like and how your running kind of complements that. Okay, um, I work in mental health services, um, patient and public involvement. Um, I'm also a public health um, postgraduate. Um, so my work, I work with our service users when they finish long term therapy, um, kind of get them to come back into the trust to help us improve the service. Um, Monday to Fridays are busy. Um, I tend to work mainly with young people. But running during my work week is my break as well from the NHS a little bit. It gives me that um, break of like I can put work to a side either in the morning before I even start work in the morning or during my lunch break or afterwards. And that running time is me time. Everything is put to a side. Work, life, everything is just paused because it's so busy and it, you're doing so much during your 40 hours a week or 37 and a half uh, full-time hours and you're like okay I need the break and running is my break even though like the sessions are hard um and challenging but I still see it as a break because uh, it's not I have to run it's I get to run there's a privilege in running and I'm glad that I have that privilege to enjoy it and that totally comes across just how much how like you come alive when you're talking about running yeah I can honestly just... like my friends say that as well my eyes sparkle and I 
if I could talk for the world, I could when it comes to running. The energy, the energy is beautiful. Um, so we've partnered with uh, Nike on this podcast. And one of the key things uh, that they want to know and that I'm really nosy to know yeah. <laughs> about yeah. you is is why you run. Mm-hmm. How would you sum that up? Um, my God, where can I start? I love running. It's ingrained in me. I think it's genetic. Um it's a passion. Sometimes I don't want to go out and run, but it's like there's no bad run. You know, there are some runs where they are challenging, but the feeling that I get after a run, if I could bottle it and give it out to everybody, I would. People say it's a runner's high. I completely believe in it. Um, it helps me, like, process my week. It helps me... Um, Deal living with uh, 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 deal with living with a chronic health condition as well, um, and despite everything that I'm going through, running has kind of like been there for me from the beginning. Um, getting diagnosed with MS, the first thing I did when I came back home after I saw my neurologist was put on my running shoes and go out for a run. So it's been there when my life has been really tough, and I just wanted that alone time of like dealing with this big diagnosis at 23 I was like okay what am I gonna do next what am I gonna do I wanted some alone time um I put on my shoes and I went out and I didn't stop since then I never looked back so yeah some days are challenging some weeks I can't run because my illness is telling me take a break into saw rest and I do um but the days that I can my god I go for it yeah so this is this is a can week I can do whatever I want week and I'm feeling good week so despite work being up and down and busy mm. um I know I can get in um I'm, I'm getting a good run in tomorrow after a rest day today a long weekend um because it's bank holiday and I'm running with my crew Saturday so I'm looking forward to it and who's your crew shout them out London select hi guys <laughs> <laughs> I want to almost know what it was like to be in your brain and your body on that mm-hmm. first run run that you did after your diagnosis yeah that day, did you think you'd be where you are now? I was diagnosed on my birthday. So it's kind of like, mm, so whenever my birthday comes through, comes around every year, it's like, do I celebrate it? Because I'm living with MS and I'm this year's living with MS. So is it my MS anniversary? Is it my birthday? It's like so many things are happening. Mixed emotions. I, it does. But for me now in my head, it's like, it's the day that I fell in love with running again. So that's the day that I celebrate. Not my birthday. Yes. Not the fact that I was diagnosed with MS. The fact that I picked up running shoes and I went out running. But... That day has opened so many doors for me as well. Um, I fell in love with running again. Um, I, I started running long distance again. I ran London 2016. Um, I fell in love with the marathon distance. Um, it's not an easy distance. So I did it again in Berlin. I did it again in Chicago. And then I, I did it again in London 2019. And I was like, okay, what's next? I was like, okay, I've got my three stars, um, world majors. I'm going to aim for all six. So now... New York will be my fourth and hopefully somehow I'll earn a Boston spot on Tokyo. So we'll get the six out of six. I do not doubt you. Yeah, we'll get there, definitely. That's the goal of the dream. Yeah. I have every I have every faith. Yeah. Is there a part of you that maybe thinks that you almost were so drawn to these long runs and these challenging runs because you're almost proving to yourself that even despite um, this chronic diagnosis and the nature of a chronic illness means it's never going to go away, yeah. it's something that you are going to have to live with. Mm-hmm. Is there a part of you that thought, right, I'm going to prove to myself that I can do this? Yes, 100%. I think there was a small act of rebellion when I first, when I first diagnosed. I was like, uh, I'm going to do this because... I was diagnosed with this illness and I was like, okay, I might not be able to do it as fast as 
the next person but asked to do it. Super, super, super inspiring. So, Intasar, I'm going to make you put your uh, public health expert hat on, yes. if that's OK. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of talk at the moment about social prescribing and yeah. the importance of exercise for, for managing health conditions. Could you tell me a bit about how this this pure love of running that you have and this this hobby, this passion, how this informs your your work in the NHS? Yes. Um, I'm going to look at it with the fact that I work in mental health services and how it has helped me mentally and emotionally. Um, getting diagnosed with MS, I had so many options because I had more than one relapse. Um, I was offered to go on disease-modifying drugs. Um, the doctors and clinicians that I, I work with are absolutely brilliant. They gave me the option of, if I don't want to go on medications, what can I do to help manage and live with MS? So I had, um, at the t- I mean, it is social prescribing because it was like so many options when it comes to quality of life, eating, diet. I was given so much advice. And then the one thing that resonated was exercise. And I thought, okay, I, I, I'm an athlete. I was always a runner. What is one thing I can get up and do now today was running. So I got, I put on my running shoes and I went out running. But that also was with support of my doctors. So I had a great neurological team, GP practice, an MS nurse that helped me get to this decision. So I was very well informed. And also, um, at the time, I wasn't a public health graduate, but I... I, I, I had an inkling of what I wanted to do and that's how I kind of got into public health because I was given the information, I was educated um, and then I went back and did my own education as well and learning and I was like, okay, this is how I can tackle this. That being said, every MS journey is different. Some people um, might need disease-modifying drugs at the start of their relapses to help them with their conditions. For me, I was able to um, rest more and take up exercise as a not that it's a substitute for medications but it did help it did help me um be active it did help me um i i don't want to say um stop my ms because i'm still living with it but the relapses are, are not as many where the first couple of years of my diagnosis i had two relapses back to back in the past 10 years my mri scans are showing no new lesions, which is always good news for someone living with MS. Amazing. Yeah. So, so pleased to hear that. Yeah. I'm at a good place right now and hopefully it will inspire the next person to be like, what can I do to change my life socially, emotionally, mentally, and, and, and um, take back a little bit of control as well. When we have this thing over our head of a chronic illness, you have it for life, it's never going to go away. But as a human beings, we want to control. We want to be able to control something. And that gave me something I can control and, and be like, this is this part I can deal with. This is the part that I get to plan per week. And then, yeah, my illness comes into it sometimes and changes up my week if I need to rest more days than the others. But I'm still running. Yeah, and also, I, again, going back to it, it's because I have a great medical team as well that supports me all the way. So that helps as Pick well. Pick up the NHS. I'll, honestly, as an employee and a patient... I've got nothing but gratitude for the NHS, and I'm a firm believer of it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. So we connected just over a year ago. Yes. Um when I was working on uh, a joint campaign between Women's Health and Runners World called Reclaim Your Run. Mm-hmm. And as part of that campaign, we found out the really dismal statistic that 25% of women are routinely sexually harassed when they are out running. Uh, and you got in touch to tell us your experience. Would you mind sharing that with me and listeners right now? Yes, of course. It happened 2020. Um, so this is lockdown... Um, early early months of lockdown, I would say it was just May-ish, so weather was getting warmer. May, June, I would say, as lockdown was getting lifted a little bit. Mm. Um, so strange talking about it now. It seems such a long time ago. But um, I was out on a run. It was warm outside. Um, I was wearing a long sleeve top, um, um, my headscarf, I'm a hijabi runner. Um, and then I was heading out and there was a calf coming up to my left a local cafe in my area and there was gentlemen sitting outside there was five of them and as I was running um I had my music in but since then my habits have changed because of that incident I had headsets in but you kind of sense when somebody's talking at you Mm. Uh, and I stopped and I took off my headsets and I was like I looked at them and one of them was like um I will never forget this and this is word for word uh, it's hot enough today, love. I'm sure your Lord, your God, would forgive you for taking off some clothes, uh, some layers, um, to reiterate. And then um, I thought, shall I retaliate and say something? Because obviously I'm, I'm long-sleeved, full on, full trousers, um, crew socks to cover ankles, hijab, uh, headscarf to cover my hair because I'm Muslim, uh, visibly Muslim. So I thought, shall I retaliate and say something? Shall I? Um, it was Islamophobic, sexist, race, everything combined in one human being. Mm. But the bit that I found sad was the friends that were sitting there and kind of one of them looked at him wanting to say something, but it only takes one human being to say, oh, what he did was absolutely wrong. Um, don't say that. But he kind of didn't. And I thought, hmm, how does that make you feel? But um, for me, it was like, no, don't retaliate because it's five against one. Um, I, what I remember doing was I ran an opposite direction to my house so that they don't know that that's, that's 
I could easily have done a Ewing, gone back on myself. But I ran forward, I took a right, I left somehow, somewhere, because it was my area and I knew it very well. I went back home. I ended my run. I didn't want to run anymore. It kind of left like a sour taste in my mouth, a experience that wasn't nice. Already uh, time was capped being out. Um, it, it was 30 minutes, I think, at the time. Um, and I thought, you've just ruined my 30 minutes of exercise with that comment. Absolutely. Um, and exercise, as you say, that's not just exercise for yeah. you. That is your time away. away. I imagine working for the NHS. It, it was a weekday, so it was my break time. Yeah, so I thought, hmm, you've just ruined this this precious time that I actually enjoy that gives me a break from the stresses of life. And during the pandemic, it was busy for everybody. Um I remember going back home thinking, I don't want to go out running again for a minute. So I went back home, had a shower, cooled down, went back to work. But I kept on replaying it in my head. What if I said something? What if I said something? But I'm thankful that I didn't say something because what if he, they retaliated in a way that I wasn't able to handle on my own? But I was like, get home, get be safe. Mm. Those are the two things I kept on thinking mm. get home be safe get home be safe and I did get home and I and I was safe and I know many women don't have that option we've seen it happen over the past couple of years with so many incidences that happened to young women girls out there um going home from work got, coming back from the gym the Sarah Everard story shook the UK and 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 world because it could happen to anybody absolutely it could happen to any woman girl out there coming back home from work, the gym, going out with friends. Just living their lives. Living their lives. We still, I still text, um, if I'm going out on a long run, till this day today, I'll let somebody know I'm out on a long run, especially if I'm alone. If I'm not running with my crew and I'm running by myself, mm. I'm going to let somebody know saying, I'm out on a run, I'm potentially running around these areas, and if I'm not back by that time, look out for me, please. Did you always do that before this incident that we're not, 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 not as much, no. no. Winter times, yeah, because obviously it was dark um, outside, but um, uh, definitely after the incident that happened in 2020, I do it more. It's like, hey, I'm out running. Um, I might run this loop. This, this is my map, so I pre-plan it. Um, I might grab a coffee on the way back, so just in case, because my phone is going to be on, uh, not do not disturb, but like the fitness option when, it come, when you put on your fitness watch, it comes up. So it doesn't have like the notifications. Yeah, exactly. At yeah. You. So yeah. So it's like if my phone, if I don't answer this because my phone is in that mode, and I'm gonna pick up my calls and messages after my run. It's it's like survival tips that women do, little things that we do in our heads. You know, you text your friend, "Oh, I got home." Text me when you get home. Tell me a woman, a girl who doesn't do that. Yep, and it's a very sad state of affairs it is. that that is yeah. what has to happen. And. I can just imagine it's so frustrating mm-hmm. because, you know, we don't know for sure, but, you know, women get harassed for wearing too little clothes yeah. when they're running. They you know, do. When women, that's the thing that came through really strongly for us mm. in our survey, wearing shorts. So you were in this real double bind where you could be harassed and called out for wearing too little clothes. But, oh, no, this time it this was... This time, because I was covered we- top to bottom, yeah. This time it was because you were wearing too much and then... And it was warm. But I'm like, it doesn't bother me that it's warm. I'm very acclimatised. I'm OK. Why does it bother you what I'm wearing? Intasar, thank you for sharing that. How did that instant... I know you said instantly, you're like, I just want to be safe and I just yeah. want to get home. How did that incident change the way that you perceive of yourself showing up 
kind of on the streets, whether you're running on your own or with your crew as a visibly Muslim woman. How has that changed the way that you you think about that? Okay, so it definitely sparked the fire in me to show up more. Um, I'm definitely, yes, because I, I, I'm, I'm black, I'm, I'm wearing a headscarf, I'm, I look different to most runners, especially at start lines at races. I mean, till this day today, I would stand and I look to my right and my left and it's not many hijabi runners out there. Mm. So it's like, I want to be more visible to not just inspire the next person, it's, it's to say, if she can do it, I could do it too. But to also break down the barriers that are there that sometimes... Some people might not understand when it comes to being um, the demographic where you live has an impact on your running habits um, and, 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 and your social class has an impact on your habits. I mean, races are not cheap. Not everybody can sign up for and run races and um, world major marathons. It's expensive. When I say I'm privileged to run, this is why I say it. Mm. It's, it's because of these things that I have, but also to, to make it more accessible for people to show up to races and to diversify the start lines and, and, and to also like help future generations to say, if they can do it, I can do it. You don't know that that next person might be an Olympian. They might be the next Dina Asher Smith out there. So you don't know who you will inspire. I want to see more women and girls that look like me starting at lines. I mean, I'm looking forward to the big London half in September and hopefully it will be different to the one I ran pre-pandemic. I'm hopeful. Absolutely. And what do you think would help with that? Do you think, so you talk there about often often the prices of things can be a bit prohibitive. Um, Does, do you think for... um, for hijabi Muslim yeah. female runners, do you think having running crews and running as a group yeah. is helpful for making it seem a bit more accessible? It's bringing people together in one place where it feels safe. Um, you can learn and you can run. You can engage with like-minded people. You can learn, again, learn. There's always learning. Every Saturday when I show up to a practice, I'm learning something new from different people. Um, so it's definitely having run crews um, that are open to everybody and also um, in different areas in the UK as well. Um, We're lucky we live in London. London is very diverse. But then again, we can be quite sided in different boroughs in different areas. So making running accessible, um, having run crews across London that are open to everybody and also like I also believe in like inviting friends. So I'm always telling my hijabi friends, Muslim friends, show up Saturday, eight o'clock, Marbaras. That's what we meet. So I'm hoping one of these days they actually show up. But it's like, you know, passing it along. And, and if it's not for you, then, you know, say to the next person, oh, this is a crew that runs and this is what they do. And there's a girl that wears a hijab. I think it would be good for you. Mm. It's, it's passing the word along as well. And we do look after each other. All runners look after each other. We cater for everybody, every distance and yeah. every pace, every speed. So we yeah. do. When I say we look out for each other, then I really do mean it. We do, and that's mm. what's needed. Absolutely. Yeah. And what about those? As you're saying, on these, on the starting lines or in the un, in the running clubs that are majority white spaces, yeah. what can what can those people do? Because you're um, talking about you're talking about rep, you know you're representing yeah. as yourself and you're passing on these recommendations. And but what could what could the the majority white members be doing? Um, Look, look at the community around you and see why is it, why do you not have others joining your crew? What is going on? Actively um, 
being open and saying we're open to everybody and welcoming people on board. Going out into these type of, going out into our communities as well to say this is us and this is what we do and we welcome you to join us. Um, it's a two-way street. And also learning about different communities and cultures that live in your area as well. And also saying, I can run. I would like you to come and run with me as well. Invite one person and see the dominant effect that has. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Wow, we have covered so much in this podcast. We have, yeah. And it has been a brilliant and really insightful chat. So thank you. The title of this podcast is Going for Goal. Yeah. So I really want to know what's, uh, what goal are you shooting for at the moment? I think the big the big one is um, one of them. I would say is earn my six stars for the world majors. I'm New York will be four, my fourth. I've mentioned there, but um, Boston and Tokyo after that. But also to run for the long time, like to be mm. here running all the time, to enjoy running and to never fall out of love, stay in love with running. I yes. think that's the one that I want to keep with me all the time because it's more than PBs, it's more than medals, it's more than how many races you've done. It's, you know, it's part of my life. So to have that part of my life for the long time, for good. Yes, yeah. keep that enduring love going. Yeah. And um, one more, if yeah. I may. Uh, what would you say to someone who... Someone has a long-term barrier, so yeah. maybe it could be a chronic condition, or it could it could be a mental health condition. Yeah. It could be something that they feel is a barrier, but they want to and they want to maybe get going with running, but they feel like that something is standing in their way. Okay, what would you? What would your um, advice be? For me, it was getting advice from the medical professionals that helped, but also like looking around me and and finding inspiration in the running world. So I was I was. I mean, I, there's there's all these amazing Olympians out there that I find so inspiring and their stories and how to get how they got to the start line, but also your local heroes as well. Um, finding community around you that would help. Um, having a friendship group that also loves what you do helps as well. But I always come back to community because that's the one that's closest to my heart and the most reachable, I think, as well. So um, finding community around me. Uh, and now that's my family. So my running community is my family and I'm that. glad I belong. I have a space. And also remembering, because mm. I think with non-runners, yeah. it can seem people that run all the time. It can seem really intimidating, can't it? It yeah. can seem like another world with all this different lingo and stuff. But what would you say to someone who's maybe would like the accountability and the the community, as you say, yeah. of a of a group, but doesn't really feel able to... Um, to approach them, what would be your sell? Why should they make that introduction? You don't know what you're missing out on. You, you'll fall in love with it. <laughs> I'm hoping that. I really, really like, this is like the one thing I want to see, like to, for people to actually love running for running more than um, um, covering how many, you know, how many distances you've done a week and how many, how fast you can run a 400 metres or a, a half or a full marathon. It's it's to love what you do. If, if it comes from a place of love, like, will be there with you for life so um i try to like plant the seed of running in people around me all the time my friends are like oh just give up like you you're the runner in the friend in, in our group we're not gonna run but i'm not gonna give up oh, yeah. i love that intasar abdul kadir thank you a very persistent woman and a woman who's not going to be told no 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 no, no. <laughs> thank you so much thank for you your for um, inspiring me. conversation thank you very much that was great Oh, that woman is a force of nature. 
after our chat, Intizar called up Nike run coach Andy Kocheva to get her advice on how to optimally prepare for her next big race, while, crucially, being respectful of her body's limits. Over to Intizar and Andy. Hi, Andy. It's Intizar. I'm from London and I'm preparing to run for New York City Marathon. I'm here to learn and get coached and all things when it comes to preparing for a marathon. And some of the things I'm really passionate about and I want to learn more about are hydration, nutrition and strength and conditioning for runners. Yeah, so first, um, hi for Hello. me. Uh, super nice that, that you plan to, to run the marathon, actually. Um, and yeah, sure, let's maybe just dive directly into uh, the topic of hydration. Of course, hydration is important for every person, not only for runners, but maybe for runners especially, because um, while doing long runs, usually like the most people don't really want to carry water bottles with them. So um, I think maybe... If it's not too hot, 10K, you can do without carrying any water. But everything above gets real tricky. Mm. So you kind of have to refuel again. Um, the other component there is also that you sweat a lot during your run. So just refueling by drinking just water. Um, it's I mean, it's better than nothing. But the best case scenario would be um, for you to refuel with some electrolytes. So you have salt in there um, and other nutrients you lose during your sweat. And um, what you could either do, they're like thin, like ready um, powders of elec- um, electrolytes you can just take with water. So you just mix them with water. Um, me personally, I, I use them when I sweat a lot, when I train a lot. Um, but sometimes I just don't really want to have this um, yeah, artificial flavor of whatever flavor that is. So I really love using just a pinch of salt and water and lemon juice. Um And there are a lot of studies that show that you recover way faster if you're well hydrated. Mm -hmm. So it's super, super important, um, at least after you run, to really, really hydrate properly. Thank you. Thank you very much for making a note of that. And then my next question will be around nutrition, nutrition for runners, especially preparing for a long run and post-long run, yeah. Yeah, so you have, of course, this pre-long run nutrition and post-long run nutrition. Um, Let's maybe talk about this pre-long run nutrition first, because this is super crucial, because this will be also your pre-race meal. So um, don't ever try something new on your race day, ever, ever, ever. (laughs) Talking of own experience, talking of experience of many people. Um, So what I would, for example, me personally, I don't like to have a big breakfast um, before my run. So I usually eat one or two bananas with a lot of peanut butter on it. So you have like the carbohydrates from the bananas, you have the fatty um, acids from the peanut butter and as well some protein from the peanut butter. And for example, two bananas with peanut butter, they get, they, they get me through two hours of running. So for each hour, I eat one banana basically. Um, of course, during a long run, I also have like gels I use. Um, and for me personally, the after long run meal is super important. So it's a lot of green, a lot of vegetables, um, a lot of good carbohydrates. So of course, I know this pasta thing is nice. And if, if, if your heart craves pasta, go for it. Um, but what's also really nice is just um, some brown rice or quinoa. So a bit of more nu- nutrient carbohydrates and of course, protein. So of course, you need protein after your run. And just to re um, to refill every everything your body lost during the long run. Um, my final question will be about strength and conditioning for runners, 
and specifically like adapting it to someone that lives with a chronic health condition. I live with multiple sclerosis MS and I tend to strength train once or twice a week alongside my running. Um, so my question would be around advice when it comes to strength training for someone that lives with a chronic condition. First of all, if you're living with a chronic condition, um, talk for every amount of training you want to do you have to talk to your personal doctor because I'm, I'm not a doctor I'm a coach um, but I think everyone also people with chronic conditions can have a good training have a good workout um, just you, I think the first rule is always to listen to your body um, so when your body tells yourself hey, yourself hey well this might have been too much you know for the next time okay I mean don't beat yourself up because you did too much but you will know okay this is like this is the border I can go to um, and for the next time, I'll just do less or rest a bit more. And in terms for strength training for runners, um, what's super crucial is um, to train a lot of one uh, on one leg because as a runner, you are never with both legs down on the ground. So it wouldn't make sense to train everything only on both legs because you need this single leg stability and coordination. So you can do single leg squats, single leg um, Romanian deadlifts, um, or also simply just single leg foot stabilization going on your toes. So all of that thing um, combined with a good core workout. So with a 360 degrees core workout with some breathing exercises, I think this is the best way to go. Thank you. Thank you so much. Great advice. Some real pearls of wisdom there. Always listen to your doctor. And when you need an energy boost, remember that peanut butter is your friend. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Women's Health Podcast, Going for Goal, remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps other people find the show. And of course, remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.